Dissonance Media and the Other Stories presents Step into the abyss of After the Gloaming, a gothic fiction podcast that delves into the depths of human emotion. Unyielding love, revenge, internal struggles, and restless souls await you in nine haunting episodes where dread, fear, and rare glimpses of eerie happiness linger. Dare to listen on your favourite podcatcher? After the gloaming beckons, search now, but beware, innocence will be left behind. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. These aren't the stories your mother told you. No, these are the other stories. <laughs> Today's episode of The Other Stories is Imposter Syndrome, written by Georgia Cook and narrated by Justin Fife. Johnny first heard himself as he was crossing the Mojave from Las Vegas to L.A. Try Lessman's new caramel soda, now with 30% less sugar. Because here at Lessman's, we know less is more. The familiar jingle for the Lessman soft drink company filled the car, bright over the whir of the air conditioning. Less is more, less is more. Johnny froze, his hands tight on the wheel. That was his voice. That was his voice, his inflections, his turn of phrase. For the last five years, he'd provided the voice of Lessman Soft Drink Company's iconic ad campaigns. But this was an entirely new ad. He'd never spoken those words, never read this script, never been called into the L.A. studio to record. When he got to his hotel, Johnny sat in the sweltering heat of his car and rang his agent, Melissa. She picked up on the third ring. Johnny! Her tone was honey-sweet, too fresh for 11 p.m. on a Thursday. What a nice surprise. You know, I always like to... What's up with the new ad? Johnny snapped. Melissa paused. What new ad? She asked. The new Lessman ad. Johnny jabbed a finger at his car radio. What, you you hire a sound-alike or something? I don't know what you're talking about, Johnny. 
Melissa's voice remained smooth. The Lessman's deal's yours. You know that. Well, I don't remember recording any of this crap. He could hear the shrug in Melissa's tone. Probably some new voice thing then. Voice thing? An augmentation program. You know the kind. Picking up things you already said and stringing it together. But that's theft. It's still your voice, isn't it? Well, yeah, but... They probably use some old B-roll, Melissa continued, with the care of one accustomed to handling twitchy celebrities. How many takes must you have of those lines by now? Do you honestly remember them all? Anyway, I thought you hated running those Lesman's lines. I... I uh, Johnny swallowed. Now he'd begun to calm down. He was already feeling stupid. The heat in the car was getting to him. Are you at the hotel? Melissa continued. Yeah, uh, yeah, I just got here. Go to bed. Get some sleep. You're due on set bright and early tomorrow. Right, yeah, right. Thanks. Melissa made a small friendly sound, half smile, half condescending acknowledgement, then cut the call. Johnny left the car, cursing himself for his own paranoia, and shouldered his overnight bag into the hotel lobby. The receptionist gave him a confused look when he asked for his keys. Only two sets per room, sir, she said, sliding a keyboard across the desk. Right, yeah, whatever. Johnny took it without thanks and started towards the lifts. It was becoming an increasingly regular occurrence these days. The double take, the slow, confused smile, the expression of not quite recognition. How long since he'd been a household name? How long since he'd been the guest on every talk show, every gossip magazine cover? Johnny Richmond, man of a thousand voices, star of stage and screen. When had he grown stale? Progressed from that to this? It turned Johnny's stomach. He made his way to his third floor room and flicked on the lights. The room was small and cramped. The curtains hung askew, letting evening sunlight filter in across the carpet. The bed lay partially unmade, covers thrown back as if someone had slipped inside for a quick nap, then left in a hurry. Johnny scowled, making a mental note to call reception and berate someone. Was this the best that Melissa's people could do? A half-rate motel on the wrong side of town, coffee-stained mugs, and used toothbrush in the bathroom? When had he become the kind of washed-up celebrity they thought they could treat like this? He fell into bed and rolled over. The words to Lesman's jingle echoed in his head as he fell into an uneasy sleep. Lesman's. Lesman's. Less is more. Johnny awoke the next morning hot and miserable to a missed alarm. He dressed in panic, swearing as he fled into the hotel car park. The studio had arranged for a car to pick him up outside the hotel, but none arrived. After nearly 20 minutes of fervent pacing, calling anyone he could think of without success, Johnny flung himself into his own car and drove, following unfamiliar streets and sidewalks packed with traffic. Damn, damn, damn! This was supposed to be his day, his big ticket out of the C-list hell. First interview in almost five years on the biggest talk show on the circuit. A return to form for Johnny Richmond, no longer 10, 20, 30 years past his prime. 
The opening notes of a familiar jingle spilled from the car radio. Less men's, less men's, less is more. Johnny switched it off with a snarl. At last, he pulled up outside the studio gates. The guard on duty motioned for him to roll down his window. Business? He asked. Johnny, Johnny gasped. Johnny Richmond? For mid-morning with McCullen. I was supposed to be here three hours ago. I, I... The security guard glanced down at his computer. Sorry, pal, he muttered. Says here you've already checked in. Johnny stared at him in bewilderment. Well, clearly I haven't, he snapped. The guard shrugged and tapped a few keys. He shook his head. Says here Johnny Richmond arrived on set four hours ago. He's in makeup right now. Well, that's impossible because I'm... Johnny fumbled in his jacket for his ID, but couldn't find it. Well, it's in the system, the guard continued, as if quoting a higher power. We've got tight security here, pal. I can't let you in. Then call someone, Johnny snapped. The guard gave him a long, slow look. Johnny's neck prickled with rage. He was tired. He was angry. He wanted nothing more than this wretched business to be over and done with. I'll call my people, he snarled. You'll lose your job for this. The security guard moved away, still eyeing him with that cool, unconcerned stare. Johnny briefly considered ramming the studio doors, but decided against it. Property damage was always harder to squeeze sympathy from with the public. He parked on a street corner and fumbled for his phone. A bead of sweat trickled down his nose. The car radio seemed to stare at him, its grill transformed into a snidely grinning mouth. He could almost hear that distant, warbling tune. Johnny stumbled out of the car and hurried down the street until he found a bar. Then he sat at the furthest corner and called Melissa. Johnny, her tone was bright and breezy. You're out early. I never made it to the interview, Johnny snapped. I got stuck in traffic. Nobody picked me up. Sorry? Melissa's voice curled with confusion. The damn security guard wouldn't let me in. Johnny could feel his voice rising, curdled with hysteria. If they try to claim I never fucking showed up. Have you been drinking? Melissa's voice sounded concerned. Was there a touch of condescension mixed in? Of course I haven't. Johnny snatched the TV remote from the bar top. Look, I, I can... He hopped right to the channel. Mid-morning with McCullen flashed on screen. Johnny froze. There, bright as day, smiling on the familiar green couch, was Johnny Richmond. I think it heralds a bright future for the industry, he was saying, with a practiced ease that made the watching Johnny's skin crawl. Every stride forward in technology will have its naysayers, but this is the future of AI programming. What about those who claim it harms livelihoods? asked the host. Johnny's double smiled to the watching audience. I think they might soon find out just how seamless this technology can be. The interview cut to a commercial break. Johnny sat on his bar stool, his stomach churning. The future of AI programming? Was that what he'd said? The ultimate pre-programmed performer. How did you do this? He hissed down the phone. Did you know about this? Did you let them make some copy of me? Don't be ridiculous, Johnny. Melissa's smiling voice hadn't changed. Are you listening to yourself? How would that even work? You think I'm too demanding, too needy, too full of myself. Well, 
I am. I know that, but that doesn't give you the right to... Melissa cut him off. Maybe this is a good thing, she mused. It'll give you time to rest, recuperate. There was definitely an edge to her voice now. Take the load off your shoulders. How could that bother you? She cut the call. Johnny sat staring at the blank black screen of his phone. The world had tipped out from under him. Nothing made sense. Perhaps he blacked out this morning, slipped into a fugue state. That happened sometimes, right? Multiple personalities, evil twins. There had to be something, some rational explanation. He left the bar and lingered around the gates of the studio, hoping to catch a glimpse of the smiling double. Eventually, the security guard came out to move him along. Drained of energy, Johnny drove back to his hotel in a daze, barely realizing he parked his car until he was already stumbling down the corridor to his room. He tapped his key hard against the door. The lock buzzed red. Johnny blinked, almost too exhausted to comprehend. He tried again. Another buzz. Johnny staggered back down to the reception, ignoring the stairs as he elbowed his way to the reception desk. Sorry, sir, said the concierge, tapping at his computer. It says here you've already checked out. But my bags are up there. Johnny barely had the energy to argue. Not according to housekeeping, murmured the concierge, shooting Johnny a hesitant glance. They've already cleaned the room. If they'd found anything of yours, they'd have sent it down to reception. Johnny swayed. He was exhausted. He was hungry. He was bewildered. And he wanted to go home. A thought struck him. Do you have CCTV? He asked. Sorry, sir? Do you have CCTV? Johnny repeated, his voice dry. Of me checking out earlier, do you have it? Uh, the lobby is monitored at all times by our cameras. Now the concierge looked concerned. His hand moved below the desk. Then I want to see it, Johnny demanded. I'm sorry, sir. The concierge's gaze flicked briefly over Johnny's shoulder. Our security footage is off limits to... Johnny's fist came down hard on the marble countertop. I want to see it! God damn it! He shouted. I want to see my damned face! I want to hear my damned voice! Someone placed a heavy hand on Johnny's shoulder. He turned to find the stern, impassive face of a security guard staring down at him. His shoulders slumped. Even if he could find the CCTV recording, what on earth would he do with it? Who could he even report it to? That's not me, that's my evil doppelganger. He stole my room, slept in my bed, took my interview for me. Yes, officer, I'd recognize him anywhere. Deflated, Johnny allowed the security guard to escort him to his car. He sat in the driver's seat, hot and humiliated and miserable nursing the pain in his wrist. His phone chirped, a voice message. Johnny thumbed the screen and listened glassily as Melissa's voice filled the car. Hi, Johnny. She sounded bright and breezy, all traces of their argument gone. I think we can all pat ourselves on the back and consider today a success, don't you? We already have studios calling in about your availability. Johnny stared numbly at the car radio, silent and empty beneath the dash, and don't worry at all. Melissa's voice was honey-sweet, a parent talking to a grizzling child. Everyone's gonna love the new you. 
message clicked off. Johnny sat for a long moment, the lights of passing cars flashing across his wing mirrors. In his mind's eye, he pictured a second Johnny Richmond, smiling and well-groomed, the Johnny Richmond in people's imaginations, the Johnny Richmond that had never really existed, who was much easier to deal with than the real one, a far nicer alternative, another Johnny, living Johnny's life, attending Johnny's appointments, watching his TV and sleeping in his bed, the new Johnny, new and improved. His gaze fixed ahead at the night black horizon. Johnny switched on the car engine and drove through the outskirts of town, back into the desert. The radio crackled, white noise spilling through the gaps between a local country radio station. When the police finally located Johnny Richmond's car, abandoned on the side of the highway on I-15 North, they found it empty of everything but his slim black mobile phone lying on the driver's seat. The doors were locked with no signs of forced entry, no footprints across the rolling sand. It was as if he'd simply vanished into the air. The car radio was still blaring, playing an advert jingle on repeat. Try Lessman's new caramel soda, now with 30% less sugar, because here at Lessman's, we know less is more. Less is more, less is more. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Other Stories. Imposter Syndrome was written by Georgia Cook and narrated by Justin Fife, produced by Duncan Muggleton, muted by Duncan Muggleton and Tom Robson, and sound effects provided by freesound.org. The episode illustration was provided by Luke Spooner of Carry On House. A quick thanks to our community managers, Joshua Boucher and Jasmine Arch, and to Joshua Boucher for helping with our submission reading, and of course to Ben Errington, the deep learning luminaire lighting up the fascinating new realms of digital intelligence. Georgia Cook is an illustrator and writer from London. She has written for publications such as Baffling, Vesterian Lit and Flame Tree Press, as well as the Doctor Who range with Big Finish. She can be found on Twitter at at GeorgiaCooked and on her website at GeorgiaCookWriter.com. Justin Fife is a voice actor and podcaster. You can follow him on Twitter at at JustinB5. The Other Stories is a production of the Story Studio Hawk and Cleaver and is brought to you with a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives license. That means don't change it, don't sell it, but by all means share the hell out of it. So, until next time.